it is awesome to be together as God's family, and uh, I, have, I have been looking forward to today uh, for a long time, not just this week, but uh, for many weeks, and it's great to be together uh, worshiping him, and isn't it just awesome to be in God's presence and just say, we love you, and just, just declare that, and, and the, the freedom that we have to be able to just worship God in this place every single week, uh, it, it blows my mind. And uh, as I said before, if you're, if you're new today, if you're a visitor with us, or maybe you've been away for a while, and you're just coming back. We want to welcome you back into the family, uh, welcome you here into our living room. We love, uh, we love new people uh, at Hope. And normally at this point of the sermon, I would tell you, man, you picked a great Sunday to come. If, you, if you're new, if you're a guest with us today, if you're a visitor, uh, I know I talked to a few of you beforehand. Normally I would say you picked a great day to come. But today, this is probably the only time you'll ever hear me say this, you, would, you could not have picked a worst week to join us. Really, some of you are wondering what in the world is going on with this church. Well, a couple reasons. First weekend, uh, first reason, and this is sort of a, a toss-in, this is not in my notes, but the first reason that this is not a good day for you to come is because today, of all days, is the day that your pastor, a loyal, loyal Hawkeye fan, is admitting that he found himself cheering for a certain team from a Ames. <laughs> On Friday night during this huge win, and it's, it's just so hard. I don't even know if I, it was a, it was a great, it was a great game, I guess you'd say. It was an amazing game. Um, so that's the first... It was a great game. I admit it. There. I repent. There you go. Worst day you could ever come. Hear me say that. The second reason that it's like the worst day that you could ever come if you're a guest or a first-time visitor with us today is that we're talking about money. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, good. Excellent. So here's the deal. So I was, uh, I was talking with a few people uh, just out and about in coffee shops uh, this week, and uh, I usually uh, invite people to come check us out and to come worship with us. And um, I was talking with a few people, and they were like, yeah, you know, John, I think, I think this is the week. Uh, we're so excited, and we're going we're to come to Hope Des Moines for the first time. And, and, and inside I was going, no, don't, no. Any, really, this is so weird of me to think this, but no, don't come. Just wait. Don't, don't come uh, any week but because this week, because I knew that this Sunday was Commitment Sunday, and we're asking you to give money, which we only do like once every six years because I hate talking about money, uh, and nobody likes hearing about money uh, in the church, and because I knew that we're concluding this, this sermon series, this giving campaign called, in, called Building Hope for the World that we've been in the last few weeks, and that we're going to be taking this special offering today and giving our gifts and, and our pledges for, for a future facility. And, uh, and so last week and this week are like the, the two Sundays a year that we talk about money. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't like talking about it. it. It's not enjoyable for me. I don't look forward to it. And so all the new people I come across this week, I'm just like, oh, please, please don't come. Maybe, maybe wait till next week when we start talking about Advent and Jesus and exciting things. Like, we're going to talk about Jesus today too. But just, you know, that'll be better. And that's what I had in my mind. In fact, if you're new today and, and you're just getting caught up with this campaign is all about, I'm going to let 
you in on, on what we have been talking about. If you're brand new today and you're wondering, what in the world is this all about? Um, just so you know, the people that are sitting all around you uh, today, what they've agreed to do, our little pact that we made last week, is that they're going to give me a blank check and then just let me fill it in. So that's, right? That's... Okay, maybe not. Uh, that, that was kind of our uh, agreement. But uh, So aren't you all glad you're here today? It's blank check day. Yeah. I'm kidding. That's not true. Uh, in fact, if you've heard anything over the last uh, few weeks, that this, this campaign is anything about guilt or pressure. And because of that, I actually caught myself uh, in, in, in these coffee shops with a few folks this week saying, you know what? This would actually be a great week to come. This would actually be a wonderful, I, I would love for you to come this week because as it turns out, I am not embarrassed and I am not apologizing. We are not apologizing for what we feel like God is calling us to do. In fact, I believe in it so strongly. I believe in it so strongly and that buzzer is just telling me my time is up already. So I don't know where that's coming from, but somebody's got a buzzer. There we go. Awesome. I didn't think my time was up already. Um, I believe in it so strongly. And so that, the first thing that came to my mind was, no, don't come today. And then the second thing that came to my, my mind was, it could not be a better day for you to come. Because we're talking about the vision of who God's called us to be as a church. And I'm so pumped about that. I'm pumped about the idea of having a permanent home here uh, in the city. And, and, and talking about not only that today, but a future campaign that we're going to embark on probably later on next year in 2012, uh, when we've actually secured that location. And, and I'm just so stoked. I'm, I'm probably so excited this week that I probably just happened to invite a few random people on the street that I ran into. And you know what? I'm so excited. I probably, I probably invited the uh, guy at the drive-thru at McDonald's uh, this morning when I you know, went through and, hey, you want to come? That would be great. Um, but I have to admit to you, this was not the case. And maybe some of you can identify with me in this when we start talking about money in the church. About six months ago when our leadership team and all the, the pastors and leaders of all the campuses of Hope were getting together and dreaming this up and thinking about this, um, that we're going to be raising all this money and we're going to be preaching about it for four weeks, I have to tell you, my attitude, my attitude just stunk. <laughs> I was like the Grinch in the room. I was like Ebenezer Scrooge. I was like, bah humbug, giving campaign. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I, I'm going to turn out to be one more pastor at one more church that's just asking people to give us their money. And I should probably set an example though. I should probably be a role model as the pastor and everything. And so there was a, a few weeks where I just wanted to avoid it. Just wanted to avoid it. But then as I started to pray and, and we asked God as a group of leaders here at Hope Des Moines to, to soften our hearts, I, I know that for me personally, as, as we started to pray, we started to realize that this really isn't about money. It's about God's heart. It's about God's heart for this city. And so we just started to pray, God, would you, would you bother us with the same things that bother you? Whew, that's a dangerous prayer. Be careful what you pray for. And I have to tell you that the, the more that we prayed into this idea of a future home, God continues to break my heart and remind me that this was his vision long before any of us got here. <laughs> And it will be his vision long after any of us leave. Long after any of us leave. And in fact, that's the heart of our scripture today. So if you've got your Bibles, open them back up to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're just going to stay here just for a second. That's the heart of, of um, what Paul is talking about to the Corinthians today. They're building this church. They're growing this church. 
We start about halfway through verse 10. In fact, if you can read that, let's, let's read this together. This is just the last part of verse 10 and verse 11. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than that which is already laid, which is Christ Jesus. The, the foundation, the center of this vision that we've been talking about is connecting people with the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. And if a facility can help us, and if a facility can be a tool to help us do that most effectively, then I'm all in. You see the difference there? You see the difference between that attitude and, oh, I don't want to talk about money. You see the difference between that and the attitude of, well, when we finally get a building, then we'll be a real church. I'm saying we are a real church right now. We have been a real church since God put us in this place because the church is the people. That's right. The church is you. Church is not a building, but the building can be a tool to help us share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And so I, I believe that that's what he's done with us as leaders. And I know with me personally is instilling this desire to be a part of something bigger than myself. You ever had that desire? You ever just felt like, I'm so tired of living for small things. I'm so, I'm so tired of living for temporary things, for things that are just about me. And so God's been increasing this desire in us as leaders to, to leverage our influence and to leverage our affluence in such a way that blesses others in a deep and profound way. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal. At Hope, we want to be a ripple-making church. Write that down. Grab a pen and write that down. At Hope, we want to be a ripple-making church made up of ripple-making people. We want to know that when all is said and done in our lives, and whenever this church ceases to exist, which it might someday, churches have lifespans as well, when all is said and done, we want to know that we have made a lasting impact on our little corner of the world. That we've been a part of bringing heaven to earth. And you might notice up here today, we've got a couple ponds. I'll call them. And in those ponds are some rocks. God has called us to be ripple-making people. And you're going to have an opportunity to make some ripples later on in our service. To drop your rock wherever God might place you. And to drop it in the pond that we call the city of Des Moines. We've been asking, God, what rocks do you want us to drop in this pond called Des Moines to, to make ripples? What contribution, what lives do you want us to impact? What neighborhoods, God, do you want us to help transform? What schools, what workplaces do you want to move into through the stones that we drop into our world? So there was actually a survey that was done recently uh, among some, some older folks and I know I've gotten in trouble with this with before, so by older I mean like 90s. So I think everybody can just, everybody just go, he's not talking about me, okay? Just turn to your neighbor and say, he's not talking about me, okay? <laughs> old, like your great grandma old, okay? Not like 50 old. <laughs> Senior citizens, okay? You're like in a nursing home or you're, you're really, really old, all right? You've had like 80 years of marriage, okay? Um, I'm not talking about you. So these men and women in their 90s, they did a survey of them and they asked this question. They asked this question. If you could do your life over again, what would you do differently? 
Think about that. If you could do your life over again, what would you do differently? What would you change? And so the overwhelming response that all these uh, older folks gave to that question was, what? Some of you are going to get that on the way home. Just think about that. No, I'm kidding. All in good fun. These folks that are in their, their, their 90s, they're 90, they're 95 years old, they basically said three things. They can summarize them in these three things. Number one, I would reflect more. I would reflect more. I would have, I would have taken time to just breathe life in. I would have taken time to savor more sunsets, I, uh, to, to mark more moments. I, I, I would have, and, and here's a challenging one for all of us, I wouldn't have been in such a hurry all the time. I would have slowed down and, and breathed life in. I would have stopped and I would have considered what really matters more often. Take time to reflect. Number two, the second thing they said that they would do differently if they could do life all over again, they said, I would risk more. I would have loved hearing a 95-year-old man say, I would have risked more, right? Not silly, stupid risks. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about taking more chances. They talked about seizing more opportunities for adventure. Is there adventure in your life today? Or is it just boring? I don't know if that's how Christ intended us to live. I would have risked more. And thirdly, the last thing that they said, and this is the important one, I want you to hear this loud and clear this morning. They said, I would do something with my life that would somehow live on after I was gone. All the wisdom in the world, looking back on their long-lived lives, they would say, they would say, if I could do it all over again, I would do something in my, with my life that would last long after I died. Long after I was gone. And I love this response because what, what these 95-year-old old folks are saying is that they would make ripples. They would be a ripple maker. If I had the chance to do it all over again, I would make more ripples in this life. And that's really what this whole campaign, this building hope for the world is about. Because I don't know about you, I don't want to wait till I'm 95 to start making ripples. I want to start now. It's never too late to start making a difference, to start making an impact. I don't want to wait till I'm 95 to say those words. I tell you one thing, I don't want to wait to make a dent in this life, to make some big ripples. But here's the thing. I think for a lot of us, what we love to do is stand at a distance. God says, come to the pond, wherever you've been placed, like we talked about last week, think like a missionary. God says, come to the pond and do what I've called you to do and be who I've called you to be and drop in your rock and make a difference in this life, make an impact. But I think for a lot of us, we say, yeah, I don't want to get too excited about this whole Christianity thing. You know, Jesus says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers. And, ah, it's not really for me. I'm just more of the church going type. I've got my religion. I've got my beliefs. I put in my hour once a week. I just kind of go through the motions. And you know what that ends up looking like instead of coming and just dropping our big rock in and saying, this is what God has called me to do? What we end up doing is we just kind of beat around the bush our whole lives and say, I don't want to get too excited. Uh, what, what are people going to think? What are people going to think about me? And so we just kind of end up living life like this. Uh, 
yeah, God's called me to make a difference in my life, but I, I'm just going to kind of settle for religion. I don't believe that's how God's called us to live. Maybe God's telling you today, stop throwing your pebbles and start dropping some rocks. Start doing things so that when you're 95 and you're looking back on your life, you're not saying, yeah, I chucked a few pebbles at it. I gave this whole Christianity thing about 40% because I was really busy doing other important things. Yeah, I should probably chuck a few rocks. I should probably give a little bit in the offering plate. I should probably sing a few songs and join a small group because I feel obligated to. Because that's what good Christians do. I don't think that's really how it works. God says to you today, I didn't create you to throw pebbles. I didn't create you to play it safe. But to give all of you, to give all you are to a cause that's bigger than you. Because here's what I believe for every single one of us today. No matter what you bring to this church family, whether it's a financial gift or any other kind of gift, write this down, every one of us was created to make ripples. Every single one of us, write that down. I was created to make ripples. Think on that and reflect on that. Today, we are rocks in God's hands. And he said, instead of just throwing it to the wind and living your life without a purpose, God says, you are the rocks in my hands. And God says, would you let me put you and drop you right where I want you? Would you let me put you in that place that I want you to make ripples in this life? We are rocks in his hands. Every single one of us is here today because of one person, the greatest ripple maker of all time, and his name was Jesus Christ. We are here today 2,000 years later because this man came to earth who was God and man at the same time, and no one ever loved like he did, and no one ever served like he did. And he came and he showed us what love was all about by dying on the cross for every single one of us. And that is the truth for you today. Jesus came and he made ripples. He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a religious man or a rabbi. He was God on this earth and he made ripples that we're still feeling today. You're here today because your life has been changed. You're here today because you're not who you were. Jesus' life is making ripples into yours. You've been changed by his love. He's the foundation for everything that, that we do. Have you ever, ever thought about that? You ever thought about those of you that, that, that serve on our many teams here and help out with things? Jesus is the foundation, like we read in our scripture today, for every single thing that we do. Every chair that's set up, every cup of coffee that's poured, every, every warm smile and handshake, every song that we sing, every piece of clothing, every sock that we bring to the drive. It's all about him. It's all for his glory. It's not just about setting up a chair. It's not just about serving. It's not just about doing the mission of the month. We're here to create ripples. And I'll, I'll talk to people sometimes, and this has been happening more and more lately. I think I'm going crazy. But I've been talking to more and more people, and I've been telling them, like, what we do here, like, how we function as a church, that everybody's involved, that we serve together. Sometimes the church leaves the building, and we just go serve. I've been telling people about what we do here, and, and here's the response I get a lot. John, why don't you just chill out? Gee whiz. 
can't you just be a normal pastor? Just calm down already. Stop living so radically. And you know what I say? How can, how can I? I say, you know, thanks, but uh, no thanks. When our lives have been radically changed, when we've been radically loved, when our lives have been bought with his life, when we watch how Jesus made ripples wherever he went with his extravagant love, whether the people deserved it or not, because none of us deserve it, we're called to be ripple makers. No, I'm not going to chill out. No, I'm not going to calm down because this is who God has called us to be. Amen? Amen. Ripple makers, people living radical lives, not just getting by, not just chucking pebbles haphazardly. So we've been asking, okay, God, what does that look like for us here at Hope Des Moines? We, we know that you've created us here as a church to, be, to, to do far more than just play church. God, what is that big rock that you want us to just drop in this pond? What are those, that one big rock that you want us to just drop in this pond called the city of Des Moines? And that's this vision of a future home, of a place where anyone, where anyone can come and be loved so deeply that there is no doubt that Jesus is real. Because they've come to a place called Hope Des Moines and they felt him and they've tasted him and they've heard him speaking to them and they've experienced him. Not just on Sundays, but all throughout the week. A place where the kingdom is tangible. What if the kingdom of God wasn't an idea or a concept? What if it was a reality that people could reach out and touch? And when you love them and when you serve them and when you speak to them with God's love and when you love them that way, they say, I can feel the kingdom of God. Wow. It's tangible. It's real. Can you, can you start to see the ripples? Can you see the vision? I, it's 2013. And I can see 200 people from all over the city gathered and laughing and eating dinner together. Can you see the ripples? It's 2015. Can you, can you hear a loud room full of 100 kids from the inner city sitting at tables with their mentors from Hope Des Moines? who are not only helping them with their homework, but they're instilling biblical values. Can you see the ripples? I, I can see Hope Des Moines packed on a Friday night for Create Night, full of dozens of, of local artists and, and a coffee house and live music. Can you see it? I see it's, it's 2020. And I'm still in my 20s. Can you see the ripples? It's, it's 2020, and Hope Des Moines is hosting the first ever regional leadership conference for urban ministry. And there's pastors and leaders from all over the region that have come to Hope Des Moines to learn together what God has called us to do in the cities around the Midwest. Ripples being felt by hundreds of pastors and leaders from around the region, all because we took our rocks and dropped them in today. Ripples. Can you see it? So you might be wondering, okay, 
that's awesome, John, but how does this work? How, how is God calling us to give, to make ripples as a church? Well, what God does throughout Scripture is that he, there's two ideas that keep popping to the surface when we learn about giving from Scripture in two main ways. God calls us, and write these down just really quick. God calls us to give cheerfully, and God calls us to give sacrificially. God calls us to give cheerfully and sacrificially. That's hard to say. And these two ideas come to the surface again and again. So first, cheerfully. Let's talk about this. So 2 Corinthians 9, 7. You can just write down that reference and look that up when you get home. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 talks about how to make ripples. And it says, God loves a cheerful giver. Now, a lot of you, when you hear the word cheerful, you're like, okay, yeah, the pastor is calling me to be happy about giving my money away. Okay, great. Do you know, do you know that the, the actual Greek reference there, the, the, what it translates to, the Greek word is actually hilarion, which we translate as hilarious. <laughs> so God is telling us in scripture to be a hilarious giver. So I envision this, when I hear this, I see when the offering plates go around, we should just be going, <laughs> oh man, here's my offering. It's hilarious. It's awesome. And just, just laughing and, and, and here you go saying, God, you know what? It's not mine. God, it was never mine to begin with. It's just hilarious. It's just so much fun to give. It was never mine. You see how much joy there is in that? We're not bound by our money. We're not bound by those things that would entangle us. Ripples when we give cheerfully, not out of guilt or pressure. But we're also called to give sacrificially. And this is where I want to spend the rest of our time today. Because here's the deal about splashes that you got to know today. About splashes. When we drop our rocks and when we make ripples, no splashes are the same, but all splashes matter. Say, all splashes matter. All splashes matter. And don't take that the wrong way. Just go with the analogy here, okay? All splashes matter, okay? Some of you are like thinking to your neighborhood pool right now, okay? We're going to get there. No splashes are the same, but all splashes matter. We all make different splashes according to the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the resources that God has given us. And they all matter, big or small. In fact, I want to show you a quick story from scripture where what seems like a little splash actually becomes a great big deal to God. So if you got your Bibles, let's look up Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. And we're going to start at verse 41. Just a short little story, just three verses here. Mark chapter 12. We've got this tiny little story that packs a great big punch. So let's start in verse 41. And this story actually shows us giving cheerfully and giving sacrificially. So Mark chapter 12, verse 41. If you've got it, say, got it. got it. All right. So starting in verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. So just pause there for a second. First of all, what would it be like if when we took our offering, Jesus just kind of walked down the aisles and just watched you? I think our offerings would go way up, don't you think? <laughs> it's in scripture. Jesus is watching the people give their offering. No, he's not stocking them or anything like that. But here's what you have to understand. So Jesus and disciples are there and they're watching people come give their offering in the temple. But what you have to know is that in the first century, they didn't pass the baskets like we did. They actually had these, I did a little bit of research. They, they had these collection boxes at the temple that were actually like trumpet shaped. They were like a horn. 
and you dropped your money in. And they also didn't have paper currency. Obviously, they don't have dollar bills. And so everything's coins. And so the bigger the coin that they had, that's the more money they had, the bigger amount. And so oddly enough, in this story, Jesus and the disciples have taken a little field trip to the temple for a little, little field trip to learn a little bit. And they're watching and they're listening, obviously, to what people are doing. And so you can imagine the, the, the rich people, it says, are coming and they're dropping in their big, huge coins into the collection plate. And you can imagine the noise, like bing, bang, clong, ding, dong, clang, bing, bong. That's what they're listening to. You can hear that. And now look at verse 42. It says, then a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Let's stop there. It's important to know that, that in Greek here, she dropped in two leptas. Say leptas. leptas. You're learning Greek. This is exciting. Two leptas. Just, and so you know what that would equal in today's currency is about half a penny. That was her offering that day, half a penny. So we got a bunch of, bunch of rich folks that are making lots of noise with their great big coins so that everybody will hear, bing, bang, bong, clang, ding, dong. And then this poor widow comes up and she drops in her two coins and you can hardly hear it. Ding, ding. Nobody can hear it except Jesus. Jesus hears it and here's how he responds. Look at verse 43. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Oh, okay, stop there for a second. Can you just picture how excited? I, I picture Jesus getting really animated here, okay? You can, you can just see Jesus getting all excited when this woman drops in her two coins and, and Jesus sees it like he's like looking over the edge down into where they're collecting the offering and Jesus hanging out there and he's like, hey, guys, 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 come on over. All 12 of you, come on over. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Come here. You see this widow? You see her down there? Look, look. She, she did it the best. She gave everything. She gave, guys, 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 she gave more than anyone else. And now, just pause for a second. I like to look at these stories very realistically. If you're the disciples, you're probably thinking, kind of looking to each other and going, yeah, you know that Jesus? Man, he, he sure can preach, but when it comes to math, not that good, right? Really, really, really bad. Because of what they heard, right? Anybody would say, Jesus is crazy. They know that she hardly gave anything, yet Jesus is thrilled. He's pumped. And Jesus probably wants to start clapping and cheering right there in the middle of the worship service in the temple, right? Jesus probably would have got kicked out of a lot of our churches. He would have been making a ruckus. I'm so excited about this widow that gave two coins. And the priests and the rabbis would have said, shh, get that man out of here. Jesus, it's your savior, making a ruckus in church. I like that. Verse 44, watch what Jesus says. They all, Jesus says to the disciples, they all gave out of their wealth, meaning the rich folks. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Wow. No splashes are the same. 
All splashes, even the tiniest, really do matter. Jesus is applauding this woman, not because she put in more money than everyone else, but because she gave out of a heart that trusted God with everything, even if it made her feel uncomfortable. That's the key right there. She didn't give out of her surplus. She didn't take care of herself and make herself really cozy and then say, oh God, I'll give you the leftovers. God doesn't want your leftovers. What it means to give sacrificially is what Jesus says, if anyone would follow me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. The widow that widow that gave half a penny goes down in biblical history as the example of giving. Wow. So because we're talking about water and ripples today, here's the thing about water. Well, first of all, every splash matters. But I would just propose this. From my highly scientific studies, I can, I can say that I've concluded, I did a lot of um, splashology this week. This is what I know about splashes. That the entire human race can be divided by two different ways that we get into water. Okay, think about this for a second. Look at the screens. There's two different ways to get into a pool, right? The first option is what I would call the tiptoe incremental people. It's this little guy that looks like me with his floaties on. Anybody, floaties. Can I get a shout out for floaties? Anyone? One person. Who wore floaties when they're, okay, good, one person. I did because I was deathly afraid of water. So it's, it's the incremental tiptoe person. That's one approach to making a splash. The other one is this guy on the right. And I would call, it's the all-in, um, uh, the let it rip cannonball approach. Okay, cannonballs, anyone? Cannonballs, can openers into the water, off the dive. Okay, so now growing up, I have to admit, I was a tiptoe kind of guy. I was the guy on the left there, okay? I was so afraid of water, and I had, I had the floaties on right? They were these bright orange floaties. And I was so embarrassed of them, but I was so scared of the water. I just remember uh, we would go to the, the pool there in, in Story City and I, I, I would get there and I would stand in the gutter. And my dad would be right in front of me with his arms open saying, John, come on, you can do it, buddy. Jump, jump. And I would stand there with my toes just in the gutter with my, with my floaties on going, yeah, that would be great, right? I mean, I just kind of dip my toes in the water, splash it around a little bit. Like, I was so afraid to take a risk. I was so afraid to make a splash. And what made it even worse is that my brother is the guy on the other side. That as well might be my brother, except off like a 50-foot high dive. It seemed like 50 feet. He's like seven years old, right? So my brother, is, he's more of the let it rip cannonball approach. And he goes up on the high dive, and he's doing backflips and somersaults and just making these huge can openers and cannonballs. And I'm over there going, eh, I'm the little brother, right? Eh. I was also going through puberty at that time too, I guess. Two different approaches of getting into water. And so my brother's over there making these huge splashes and I'm standing with my toes in the gutter. My brother's all in every time I'm stuck in the gutter. And here's the thing. Here's what I believe God is calling all of us to do for this vision of Hope Des Moines. I believe that God is calling us as a church to do one giant collective cannonball. Not literally, figuratively. One giant collective cannonball to move out of our comfort zones, to dare to kind of to make the kind of splash that you would never think that you could make, 
to leave a, a tidal wave of ripples in this city? What would it look like for us as a church community, each with our own unique gifts and abilities, to make giant ripples, to go all in and say, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not going to tiptoe anymore. I'm going to go all in for the sake of the kingdom here in Des Moines. And so I want you to watch a short clip with me. I invite you to take a trip with me to the local pool. And as you watch these people, young and old, all shapes of sizes, all different backgrounds, each with their own unique styles and gifts, just like all of us, as you watch this, I want you to ask yourself, what's holding me back today? What's holding me back from making the kind of splash that God wants me to make? Let's take a look. Yeah, all right. Who wants to go to the Roosevelt pool? Right now, anybody? Did you bring your swimming trunks? Oh man, goodness. So, what if today, what if today was the day where you finally took off the floaties? What if today was the day that you do your best cannonball, not just for a splash, but to make a kingdom impact? To say, God, what have you called me to bring to this community? And as you watch all those different kinds of belly flops and cannonballs and, and everything, maybe for some of you, what you've been called to bring to make ripples is your time. is to, to volunteer, to, to, to do things that only you can do. Maybe for you, what you've been called to give to make a splash is your gifts, that, that specific skill or ability that God has given you to use for his kingdom. What is it that you've been called to drop in the water? Maybe it's to serve those in need. Maybe it's that loving presence. I, some of you I just love. The greatest gift you bring to this church is your smile. Because you have no idea the impact that it makes. A warm handshake and a smile. You have no idea. Maybe today is the day that God is calling us as a church to stop standing in the gutter and playing church and to go be the church. What if we were known as the most generous people in the city of Des Moines? The church. The most generous people. Because we, we live open-handed with everything. We say, just like giving hilariously, it's not mine. It's not mine so I can live with my hands wide open in freedom. And so what we're going to do at this time is we're going to take some time just to be in God's presence. And we're, we're going to ask him to simply tell us what is it, God, that you're calling me to bring. And so if you want to take out your bulletin right now and take out that envelope, every single one of you, take out that envelope. And whether you're feeling led to give financially today or not, I'd, I'd love for every single one of us in these next few minutes to take that card and on the front or the back, or doesn't matter, if God's leading you to give financially, if that's what he's prompting you to do, then go for it. But he might be calling you to make a splash in a different way. And I want you to write down that word or that phrase that describes what God is calling you to bring to this church. Maybe it's simply love. Maybe it's simply my gift of service. A warm handshake. Maybe it's my, my gift with my hands. I can work with my hands. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's your voice. What is that for you that God is calling you 
to give, to, to bring, whether it's financial or not, I want you to write that down on that card. Every single one of us is going to bring a card. Maybe it's a specific gift or a dream. Maybe it's a passion that God's put on your heart. I want you to write that on your envelope. And at this time, I'm also going to invite the ushers forward, and they're going to pass out to you a small rock. And even though it's small, all of us collectively can make a giant splash. And so they're going to pass out these rocks right now, and I want you to write down whatever that is on your card. Even if it's your first time here today, you are a part of the Hope family. You're a part of God's family. And so we're just going to pass those baskets down the row and just take it and, and take a rock out of it. Take a rock, and on your chairs, even if you don't have one, your neighbor might have one, is a Sharpie. And what I'd ask you to do is to take that Sharpie and whatever word you wrote down on your card, write that on your rock. You might have to shorten it a little bit. I want you to write it on your card along with whatever financial gift you feel led to give and I want you to write it on the rock. So take a rock and pass it down and grab a Sharpie. You can borrow from the person next to you. And I want you to write that thing on the rock. And so I want you to take a few moments and we're just going to worship and, and just be in God's presence. There's no rush. Just say, God, I want to be fully present here right now. I want to listen to you and what you're calling me to do. And to write that down on the sheet and to write that down on the rock. And so as we continue worshiping and, and, and we listen to this song, simply ask, God, what kind of splash do you want me to make? So we're just going to pause and invite God's spirit and invite his presence to be with us here right now. Jesus, you know what you've called us to bring. God, help me make a splash with my life. And so God, we invite you here to be with us now.